this week should be on our calendars an incredibly important week uh, as far as our faith is concerned. Um, this week is known as uh, Passion Week. Uh, today starts uh, this incredible week of celebration, or, or should start uh, this this incredible week of celebration in the life of a believer, because it is this day that Jesus Christ made his triumphal entry uh, into Jerusalem. And <clears throat> we're going to be talking about that here in a little bit, but <clears throat> Jesus' three-and-a-half-year journey on earth his what we call his earthly ministry is about to come to an end uh, he knows that his disciples have been told that but they don't get it yet and <clears throat> you know he has spent the last three and a half years giving hope uh, healing the sick and the the uh, <clears throat> uh, the spiritually uh, uh, dead, uh, raising them, if you would, in a sense, raising the physically dead uh, from the from the grave, uh, <clears throat> uh, giving warnings, <clears throat> and and so on and so forth. So the last three and a half years has has been uh, an incredible journey for the Son of God. He is going to be entering this day, uh, uh, triumphal entry day, is the beginning of the uh, <clears throat> the last week. God, stop it. I hate electronics. Uh, <clears throat> this next week is important in the, in the life of a believer. And I'm going to just kind of give you just a, a synopsis very quickly of what this next week should represent in our lives. Uh, today, obviously, represents the triumphal entry. A lot of people call today. What, what's, another, what's another? Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Um, Tomorrow, uh, Jesus would be going into the temple and cleansing the temple. Uh, he goes into the temple. Uh, again, it's, it's in preparation for the Passover. <clears throat> and, and Jesus sees corruption in the temple. The, the money changers and, and, the, and the, the, the corruption that's taking place uh, in the temple. Uh, Jesus turns the tables over, kicks them all out of the temple, and, and so on and so forth. Now, that, that is an incredible reminder to, to us, is it not? That, that we need to, because we, are, are we not the temple of the Holy Spirit? And, and we need to be cleansing out impurities in our lives and so on and so forth. Um, <clears throat> uh, Tuesday, uh, the priests question Jesus' authority and there's a big conflict that starts on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday is the day that, that Judas agrees to Betray Jesus, a very dark day in, in Judas's life. Thursday, uh, Jesus is betrayed, but there's something else that happens on Thursday. Anybody? What happens just before he was he was betrayed? The Last Supper, okay? Uh, <clears throat> and then Friday, obviously, is... Uh, the, the the crucifixion what what we call Good Friday you know years ago I used to think why do people call it Good Friday because that was the day of the crucifixion but then it dawned on me I was like hello stupid uh, that that was a glorious day he gave his life for you and for me amen 
and uh, and then next next Sunday is is often called Easter, but I prefer to call it Resurrection Day. And so this next week for uh, believers in Jesus Christ, this is an important week. Yes. <laughs> and <clears throat> you know, and I, I started thinking about it, and and the reality is this: everybody in this room, whether you know the Lord or not, doesn't matter. You can tell me or tell someone else the Christmas story, could you not? Uh, how Jesus came down and was born in a manger and, and the angels came and all this stuff. And you can go through the Christmas story, but I'm here to tell you, Satan doesn't care that you can tell the Christmas story. It's the resurrection story that he's scared of. It's victory over Satan. And, 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 you know, it comes at Christmas time. We, you know, we put up Christmas trees and we decorate with lights and we do all of this stuff. And, and I believe we should celebrate the birth of our Savior, should we not? Amen. We exchange presents and, 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 uh, and, and symbolism of the fact that Jesus gave his life for you and for me. What, what an incredible picture. And I believe we should do that. That's a, it's a great way to teach our children uh, not only how to give, but what Jesus gave for them. But way too often, Easter comes along and it gets lost in Easter bunnies and chocolate eggs. I was, I, I did not understand what Easter was about until I was 20 years old. See, Satan wants to do everything he can to... I'm going to say something here that can, can sound heretical, but it's not. Satan doesn't care that Jesus was born. Okay? What he cares about is the fact that he rose from the dead. Because it is the resurrection that gives validity to the birth. It is the resurrection that gave validity to the three and a half year earthly ministry of our Lord. It is the resurrection that, 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 that gives validity to everything. If it wasn't for, uh, see, that's why, that's why prior to this, Satan t tempted Jesus on multiple occasions because if he could get him to give in just a little bit, it would have nullified everything else. If he could have gotten him to the point where, and now those of you that are familiar with the story, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane sweating uh, drops of blood in, in, in prayer for you and for me, knowing what the next day, days would hold for him. And if Satan could have discouraged him just enough to say, I don't want to go through that. Then we would we would not be here this morning. We would not be celebrating this week of Passion Week. See, it's the resurrection that proves that He is the Son of God. In Romans chapter one, verses three through four, it says concerning His Son Jesus Christ, uh, <clears throat> our Lord which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to, uh, uh, according to the Spirit of holiness 
by the resurrection of the dead. What, what event gave him power? The resurrection. It was that that proved that he is the Son of God. Amen. It is that, that that proves that he can save the lost. It is, it is the act of the resurrection that backs up all his claims that he can do what he said he could do. He could, he could save the lost. <clears throat> it's, it, 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 it validates the fact that his power came from God. And as I spent time this week thinking about Jay Ortega, it, it also, the resurrection, gives us victory over death. Gives us victory over death. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. How do we know Jay is with the Lord this morning? Because, because of the resurrection. Not because... <clears throat> Not because Jay was a good guy. And Jay was a good guy. Now, I didn't know him when he was in the Marine Corps, but I don't know how anybody could be a master sergeant in the Marine Corps and be a good guy. I, those two things just don't seem to go together. But anyway, <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least when I knew Jay, he was a good guy. I loved him to death. I, it just broke my heart when they moved to Idaho. Um, but... <clears throat> the birth of Christ. And please understand, I am not in any way, shape, or form diminishing the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am not diminishing that. It is incredibly important. But if it wasn't for the resurrection, it would have been null and void. The life and the ministry of Jesus Christ was incredibly important as well. <clears throat> this week of Passion Week starts with Jesus making his way to Jerusalem to make his triumphal entry. And in John chapter 1, <clears throat> let's start reading in verse 1. In fact, we'll just read verse 1 for now. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which uh, had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, I ask as we look at your word this morning that you would speak to our hearts and that you would help us, dear God, to draw close to you uh, because our time together around your word. And Lord, speak to our hearts. And help us to be more like you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. See, Jesus is making his way uh, to Jerusalem, but he stops in Bethany. And a couple things happen here. We're not really going to spend a lot of time on it, but it is the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Remember, Lazarus was the guy who Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And, and uh, he, you know, Prior to that, his his family's like, uh, yeah, we're not going to roll the stone away because like he stinks, you know, and uh, 
so anyway, uh, Jesus stops in Bethany and, and spends time with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus on his way to Jerusalem. Uh, the, something I, I find incredibly humorous, if you would, uh, is verses 10 and 11 of chapter 12. It has nothing to do with the resurrection or anything. It's just a little side note here. It says, but the chief priest consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death because that by reason of him, many of the Jews uh, went away and believed on Jesus. Now, now and my little side note here, this is a little, little sermonette, if you would. Did, did Lazarus have anything to do with his rising from the dead? No, no he was dead. <clears throat> but they blamed him. And, and <clears throat> my little weird, the way my weird brain <clears throat> works, my, you just heard my wife snicker. Um, <clears throat> you know, I just, I just picture these, these guys getting together, plotting to kill Lazarus, stoning him, doing whatever they're going to do, killing him, Jesus walking by and raising him again. I, I just, you, you know, I, <laughs> that's just the way my little pea brain works. I don't know. I just, I, I just think that's a, you know, sometimes I believe in Scripture, God gives us little tidbits like that to just make us smile. And uh, I, I just, I, I love it. <clears throat> Excuse me. This morning before church, <clears throat> Danny and I were back in my office and we were both hacking and we were trying to talk to each other, but we're both, you know, must be the allergy, my, our allergies or something are going wrong. Yeah, it's bad. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> let's look at verse 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palms and uh, palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of, the, of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had <clears throat> found a young ass, sat thereon as it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, the king cometh sitting on an ass, <clears throat> ass's colt. Uh, these things understood not his disciples at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then uh, remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. The triumphal entry of Jesus Christ. Here we see in, the, in John's account a very just a small, very very small snippet of what happened according to John. Jesus enters into the city of Jerusalem. Can anybody tell me the? <clears throat> the Jewish holiday that's getting ready to take place? Passover. Pa Passover. Okay, where where does Passover come from? Anybody? Okay, the passing over the... Uh, in, in Egypt, when... when uh, yeah, the, they had to put the bloat over the door and all that. So, so the Passover celebration dates all the way back to Moses in Egypt. Okay, so they have been doing the Passover a long time. 
okay? <clears throat> to the point, well, let me read you uh, Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And this is, this is how, now, now listen to these two verses, and this is how important the Passover celebration was, not only to the nation of Israel, but to God. In Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So he, what God tells Moses and Aaron is, I don't care what the rest of the world's calendar looks like. Your calendar is going to start with this month, and it is going to be the most important month of the year for you. Y'all get that? That's how important Passover is to the Jews. It is incredibly important. Now, I have my title of my message this morning is super, super impressive, very thoughtful. It's the triumphal entry. Okay. I, I spent a lot of time thinking on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but there, honestly, there are a couple things that I want to draw out of the triumphal entry this morning that hopefully will help you put it all into perspective. <clears throat> the first one I want to talk about is Lamb Selection Day. Lamb Selection Day. <clears throat> the Passover was such an important part of the Jewish culture and the Jewish faith that everything everything that had to do with Passover revolved or, or with their, their calendar with their society really everything about the Jewish faith revolves around this idea of Passover <clears throat> in Exodus chapter 12 verse 3 it says speak ye unto the congregation of Israel saying okay so Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12, we just read about the calendar being uh, the, this month being the first, the, the first month of the year and all that. So, so he's still talking to Moses and Aaron, and he says, Speaking to the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, you shall take to them every man a lamb, according to his house of, of their fathers, <clears throat> a lamb for an house. So, According to verse 3, what was supposed to take place is that the 10th day of the month, they were to go and select a lamb. Now, there were some qualifications that this lamb had to meet. Okay, one of the qualifications was that it had to be the right size. Okay, uh, like a, a small family could not go get a big lamb. Okay, <clears throat> like... Like my wife does <clears throat> every year at Thanksgiving, she she gets the biggest turkey that she can find. Why? Because we love leftovers. Okay, y'all are y'all are there. Okay, <clears throat> so so but it wasn't like that. They had to be very very specific, and they had to get a lamb according to their family size, and that lamb had to feed that family. And the idea here is that there was there were no leftovers, okay? So if you had a very very small family, that family would get together with another very very small family, and then they would they would 
do the Passover together. Does that make sense? So the, the lamb had to be very specific to the family. The second thing, it had to be male. Okay. Now, now as we go through this, who can tell me what the lamb in the Passover, who, who is that a picture of? Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ. So that, that's why it had to be a, lamb, uh, a male. It had to be in the first year. It had to be without blemish, again, a picture of Christ, and without defect, another picture of Christ. So <clears throat> the families then would take it, and if you continue reading in Exodus, you would see this. I'm just trying to speed it up for us this morning. On the 10th day of the month, they would select a lamb, and then they would keep it for four days. And they would then, on the fourth day, they would kill the lamb, prepare it, and eat it for the Passover. Does that, that make sense? Okay, so <clears throat> let's go back to the lamb selection day. Well, well, obviously Moses, or God did, when he gave it this to, to Moses in Exodus chapter 12, he didn't call it lamb selection day. But what happened was, through tradition, it, it became known as lamb selection day. And it would be very similar to <clears throat> if we had a, a custom in our country, uh, it would be very similar to uh, uh, our Thanksgiving if four days previous to Thanksgiving, everybody in our country went hunting and shopping for their turkey. Can you imagine the chaos? I, it would be very chaotic, right? But what had happened through the time is, is this day had become a day of festivities. And it was a, because of day, it was a day of celebration, if, if, you, if you would. And families would gather together and they would, they would make a day of going and picking out their lamb. And, and, and it was a day that kids looked forward to. <clears throat> okay, now picture this. Where is all this taking place? In Jerusalem. What happens to Jerusalem at Passover? Okay, it goes from about 200,000-ish or so on a normal day to over a million. So now you throw in the mix of Lamb Selection Day and all the, all the Sadducees, that, and you, you couldn't, <clears throat> again, custom, customs and things had changed a lot from Exodus to now, and you had to buy a specific lamb raised by a Sadducee, who was one of the religious leaders in the Jewish faith. So the Sadducees would have these herds of small young lambs and, and families would go in and, and they'd go through. Can you imagine? I, I, I don't know. I kind of picture it being kind of fun trying to pick out a lamb. <clears throat> and they would then select the lamb, bring it home. Well, they'd have to pay for it. Uh, <clears throat> or, or in other words, redeem the lamb. Another picture of Christ. Um, but all these pilgrims from all over the world, all the different languages and everything going on, it makes for a very interesting day, would it not? 
Well, Lamb Selection Day is also known as Triumphal Entry Day. Let it kind of sink in. No, actually, it is Christ fulfilling Lamb Selection Day. There's our lamb. Four days before the Last Supper, or Pentecost, or not. Boy, where did that come? Where did that come from? The 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 Passover. Oh, I know. It started with a P. That's why. The very day, the very day that hundreds of thousands of people are, are, are possibly into the millions are selecting the lamb that they're going to use for the Passover is the very day that Jesus makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. What an incredible picture. Now, I want to go back to our passage. Look, at, look back at <clears throat> John chapter 12 in verse 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, which feast? The Passover feast. When they heard that Jesus was come, uh, coming to Jerusalem, they took branches and palm uh, uh, of the palm tree and went forth to meet him. Now, my question is this. When did the people go get the palm branches? After they heard Jesus was coming. They did not get the palm branches prior to Jesus' coming. Remember, this is Lamb Selection Day. And what what significant act was being played out here in Jerusalem by this much people? Not, Not the entire city. It just says much people. What were these people signifying when they laid the branches down? They were they were signifying that they acknowledged him as the lamb. What an incredible picture. <clears throat> as Jesus wrote in, not only were the people choosing Jesus Christ as their lamb, but Jesus in its in a sense and very reverently was saying, "Choose me." Think about that. My question to you this morning is, have you chosen Jesus Christ as your lamb? Today is lamb selection day. If you've never chosen Jesus Christ as your lamb, today is the day. John chapter 1, verse 29 says, The next day John, seeing Jesus coming uh, unto him, and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the whole world. Genesis chapter 22, verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb 
as a burnt offering. Again, Abraham prophetically talking about the very day that Jesus fulfilled it on triumphal entry day, Lamb Selection Day. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are uh, unleavened. <clears throat> for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Have you chosen your lamb? See, the reality is this. You will choose one of two lambs. You will choose the Lamb of Jesus Christ or you will choose the Lamb of yourself. And you will live your life the way you want to live it. Which Lamb are you going to choose? Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. And behold, and I beheld and heard a vo the, the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the, and the elders and the number of them <clears throat> was uh, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. In other words, it was countless. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Amen, amen to that. Can we all say amen to that? Amen. amen. So first off with... Uh, the triumphal entry, we have Lamb Selection Day. The next thing I want to talk about is the donkey. Okay? <clears throat> the donkey. In Matthew's account, we're going to go ahead and project it for you. Matthew chapter 21, <clears throat> verses 11 and following. It's is a much longer account of the same event. <clears throat> Excuse me, hold on. <clears throat> Hey, Ronnie, you got a cough drop? Yes, sir, I do. <clears throat> he usually gives it to me before. <clears throat> Excuse me, I, I need one of these. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 21, <clears throat> verse 1 and following. And when they drew nigh to Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage <clears throat> and to the Mount of Olives, uh, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto him, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, uh, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them. And straightway he will send them. <clears throat> All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughters of Zion, Behold, <clears throat> thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting up, up, upon an ass, and, the, and a colt of a foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put, their, uh, uh, put them their clothes, and they sat uh, him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strewn them in the way. And, in, and the multitudes uh, that went before <clears throat> and that uh, uh, followed crying, saying, Hosanna, uh, the son of David. Now let, let's stop right there for a second. 
what does what does the word hosanna? Here they are yelling and you know they're they're singing and praising God. They're 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 yelling hosanna to the king. What does the word hosanna mean? Save us. So they're saying save us, king. And they're throwing their garments down and their and their palm branches and which is a I didn't say this earlier, but that, that is a sick as uh, um. um a demonstration that only loyal uh, uh, loyalty, royalty uh, received. Only a king was. It, what what it is? It's a symbol of the, the roads back then were not very smooth. <laughs> okay, kind of like I eighty. You know what I'm saying? Um, sorry, Ronnie, I didn't mean. That. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, uh, the roads were not very smooth back then. So it would it was a sim, It was symbolic of of making the way smooth for the king. So they're yelling, save us, king. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, 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 Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Uh, and when he was come unto Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of of Nazareth of Galilee. Again, my question is, why a donkey? And and <clears throat> I believe it's twofold. The, well, <clears throat> we're getting there. Who's preaching? <laughs> no, seriously, there were two reasons. One was <clears throat> it was prophetic. Uh, it was prophesied in Zechariah. You can look this up, Zechariah 9.9. But the second reason, I believe, is very symbolic. What kind of a king were the people looking for? A warrior king. They were looking for a king that would come very much like Moses and, and take them out of the grips of the Roman government. They were looking for a political king or a warrior king to help them get away from Rome. Now, what kind of an animal does a warrior king ride? A big white stallion, not a donkey. And very much what Angie said, a donkey is a symbol of peace, not war. So here he comes riding into Jerusalem, making his triumphal entry, on a donkey. Very symbolic. Very symbolic. I read this many years ago, but uh, some of you may have heard of a guy named Max Licato. He's a very prolific writer. <clears throat> he wrote this many years ago. He said, If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, He would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was it was forgiveness, he sent us a savior. Amen. Hence, the donkey, the savior of peace. Not of war, but of peace. In verse 3 of, of Matthew uh, he, he makes a very interesting statement. He, he says he tells he tells his disciples, "Hey, I want you to go over to the, the to the village next. That's right right there. You can probably see it from where they're standing." He says, "In there, you're going to find a donkey. 
tied up with a with a baby, and I want you to to untie him and bring him back to me. But then he says this. He says, if anybody stops you and and questions you, say this. And this is this is what he tells him. He says, the Lord hath need of them. And now this is a significant statement. Because the word Lord here in the Greek is the word kurios. The word kurios is not, does not mean Lord in the context that we would understand the word Lord. But in the, the, in the context of owner or creator. Or if you put those two words together, the owner because he created. So what was he saying? He's saying if anybody stops you and says, hey... What are you doing? That, that, those, aren't, those animals aren't yours. He says, the creator God needs them. It's an interesting statement. Because who, who is he then claiming to be? He's claiming to be God. <clears throat> I believe also that the donkey could be symbolic of you and I. God wants us. Well, what did he tell his disciples? He said, go to this, this village. You're going to find these donkeys. And then he tells them to do something. He tells them to loose them or untie them. And I believe that in our lives... I don't know about you, but I can I can speak for myself. There have been times that I have been tied to the world. And Jesus tells them to go untie the donkeys. Now, <clears throat> the Greek word that's used there, the word loosed, <clears throat> literally means to set free. Does it mean to untie them and hold on to them? It means to set free. Let, let me read the verse to you again. Matthew chapter 21, verse 2, it says, Saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied or bound, and a colt with her. Loose them, set them free, and bring them unto me. Now, I don't know what happened. Obviously, I was not there. <clears throat> I'm not quite that old. But I believe what happened, and this is just my opinion. I believe what happened is his disciples went and untied them and said, okay, come, come on, guys. And they followed the disciples. Just saying. Now, <clears throat> those of you that know me know that I grew up in L.A., I do not know anything about animals other than dogs and cats. Well, we had a duck once. <clears throat> yeah, we had a duck in, in L.A. Didn't last long. <laughs> um, I, I, I've never been around horses and donkeys and things like that. Never have. But I do know this. Because I, I watch a lot of westerns. <laughs> and everything on TV is true. So, no, seriously, what, what happens 
to a, a, a horse, a donkey, a mule, whatever, the first time you try to ride it. Yeah. Things don't always go too well. And I, that's, this is one of the reasons why I believe quite possibly the donkey could be sim, symbolic of you and I. Because what kind of a reputation do donkeys have? They're kind of they're stubborn, uh, kind of self-willed, uh, kind of like they want to do their own thing. Does that sound familiar? But what happened here? The picture here is completely different. Jesus tells them to go get these donkeys, and they, they go, they, 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 they untie them, they, they free them, if you would. And then they make their way to Jesus, and then what happens? They lay their clothes on it, they put Jesus on top, and, the, and the, what does the donkey do? Just submits to the will of the Creator. What an incredible picture. There's no bucking. There's no, there's no hesitation. You know, it, it's not like Jesus had to fight this animal for two, two, three hours to get it to go where he just got on it and went. And then, again, I, I, I've never been around a lot of wild animals, but I, I don't think that if I wanted to get on a, a young donkey, I don't think the very first place I would go is into a big crowd. Just saying. Because kind of what would happen? It'd kind of freak out, wouldn't it? Jesus is making his triumphal entry on Lamb Selection Day. Again, an incredible picture of his love for you and for me. And then he tells his disciples to go get a donkey, an animal that is rebellious at best. And he rides it into a crowd of people to demonstrate the fact that he is the Lamb of God. Using a donkey, I believe, again, represents you and me. And it, it started me thinking, how many times has God shown me his will for my life and I have rebelled against that will? I have fought against his will. Ultimately, he wins. <laughs> but we still do it. But it started me thinking about Jesus and Jesus' desire to accomplish the Father's will. And it made me go to the Luke chapter 22, verses 41 and 42. In the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he was going to be betrayed, he goes to the garden and he prays Verse 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, uh, cast and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. 
What was he saying? He's, he's like, I know what's going to happen. I don't want to go through it. I, the human side, the human side of Jesus Christ, every fiber in his body was screaming, don't do it. But what does he say? Not my will, but thine be done. Again, going back to the donkey, <clears throat> I can only imagine. I don't know. But I can only imagine them laying their clothes on the back of the donkey and they're putting Jesus on the donkey and every fiber of that donkey wanting to rebel. Just saying. I, I, I don't know. Could be, could not be. But that's how my brain works. But the donkey says, I will do my creator's will. And how many times in our lives do we do what we want instead of what God wants? <clears throat> At the beginning, we sang a song. <clears throat> is the title is all about the cross? Oh, it's still the cross. That's that's what the title of it. It's still the cross. It's still the cross. How many of you watched some or or all or part of the NCAA uh, basketball tournament? Okay, just a few. Okay, <clears throat> I didn't watch. I, I only watched maybe ten minutes the whole the whole tournament. I was just too busy. <clears throat> but <clears throat> last year, not this year, but a year ago, Virginia, the University of Virginia, made history. Right, right, Rolando? Okay. They were the first number one seed to lose in the first round. That, that was a year ago. Well, needless to say, coming into this tournament, they had a little bit of chip on their shoulder. They had something to prove. They ended up they ended up winning the tournament. They beat Texas Tech. What last last Monday, right? Yeah, last Monday, they beat Texas Tech <clears throat> in overtime. I, I heard it was a great game again, but I, I didn't get to see any of it. <clears throat> After the game was over, I saw this this quote. I don't know when he made this quote. I don't know if it was before the tournament after, I, I don't know, but I saw this quote. I got a picture for you. <clears throat> this is the uh, head coach of the University of Virginia. His name is Tony Bennett, and this is what he said. I have great things in my life. My uh, love for my wife, my family, uh, excuse me, my love for my family, my love for coaching, my love for basketball. Those are all wonderful things, but when you line them up in comparison to Christ and the relationship you have with him, with what he's done for you and what he has given you, they don't compare. That's the greatest truth I know. It's all about the cross. 
this week. Celebrate this week. Don't, don't let this week go by and just go, oh, oh, it's Easter. No. This is resurrection week. This is passion week. Everything that Jesus Christ did for us culminates in this week. Starting today, let me ask you in closing, have you selected Jesus Christ as your lamb? If you have not selected Jesus Christ as your lamb, do it today. Because he wants to be your savior. And if you have chosen Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you have taken the Lamb of God as yours, what does your life look like? Does it, is it a life of doing what you want to do? Or is it, is it a life of surrender and obedience to the Creator? Two very obscure pictures that we can read read this story and totally read past and not even understand what God's trying to teach us. But God wants you to do His will for your life. But it starts with lamb selection. What's your lamb look like? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father,